this is uh, That Tech Pod. My name is Gabby Schulte. And I'm Laura Milstein. And we're actually here in Nashville, Tennessee. Kind of cool. We were recording uh, an episode and we wanted to hang out with our friend who we um, recorded a previous episode. How long was that? Uh, some of us did. Gabby us did, did not it. make it. And she was so jealous that she said, <laughs> we have to go to Nashville so I can meet Katie Bowick in real time. Yes. And so now we are here in the flesh with Katie Bowick. Hey, Katie, how's it going? Okay, hey, you guys. I'm happy you guys are in Nashville. Yeah. And we are also joined with producer extraordinaire. Do you want to just say hello? Dustin Ransom. Yeah. Yeah. To it. We're having some drinks. Yeah, so so if anyone, um, obviously you can't see us, you're only listening to us. So we'll paint the scene. So we are in this cool whiskey bar. The vibe is chill. The the lights are low. We all have some whiskey variation of drinks. Did you do you know this place? Like, what's your history with this place? Um, This is my second time to Gertie's. I've been here once before, but I did have a regular gig for a time next door at Sambuca's. So I'm fairly familiar with this area we're in the gulch this is like i don't know this is like where people who like urban areas like come if you don't want to go to broadway like this is yeah it's the cool place to be there's some shops with some great venues down here the station in there's a turnip truck up the street yeah it's a good spot turns out we're cool and we didn't even know that um so yeah, I would I would say is do you think Broadway is like a must go? Dustin's shaking his head no. Absolutely not, really. Okay, I disagree. It is a shit show, but it's like you can't I feel like if you're coming to have the Nashville experience, you can have a lot of fun in a place like Robert's Western World where you can honk hear like an authentic honky tonk band. It is kitschy and if you live in Nashville, most people will be like, I never go to Broadway. Like that place is a like you know, it's hellish and crowded and full of drunk people and bachelorettes, and it's kind of got a bad, you know, a bad rap. But um, I come to Broadway once a week because I I do have a gig down there at the twelve thirty club, and so you know, Wednesday nights I'm kind of a regular Wednesday nights at the supper club at five o'clock. Yeah, yeah, and that's a nice spot if you want to go to Broadway, but you don't want to, you know, get vomited on or something. And then, yeah, you're, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, for those of you who are, are listening to us, obviously, you know Katie Bowick because you listen to all our episodes. Thank you again. We're so flattered. But even though we did a terrible job introducing him, Justin is kind of a big deal, not only because he is the producer of Katie Bowick, whose talent we will get into in a bit, but because of his tech-savvy background. So, first question to you, Dustin, and don't hold back. When you're producing, tell us more about the tech. What goes into it? What are you doing? What do we not think of? So last time when Katie came on, we talked about the algorithms with Spotify and things of that nature. Can you tell us things that we're not thinking about? I, I range. I, it's like it's like a, it's like an AA meeting in an auditorium. You just have to pass the mic without the, with alcohol. It's just an AA meeting. Maybe. Right, that's right. Um, the first thing that comes to mind is people people often look at what I do as a producer or audio engineer as kind of being over your head. Now, 
a lot of the stuff that I would talk about in terms of frequencies or compression or any of this stuff that nobody knows what the hell I'm talking about is kind of like, eh, that's, that's fine. I'm going to go read a book somewhere else. Okay. The way that I look at it is I, I was a musician first and I'll always in some ways go back to that. But I was so obsessed with wanting to figure out how the records I loved were made that I went behind the scenes and still do. So I'm just obsessed with like who played on what or who engineered what or who mixed this or who did all these things. And I loved the way that those records sounded. And essentially, I wanted to help people feel the way I felt when I made those records. Or sorry, not when I made those records, when I listened to those records. With the records I made, I wanted to do that. So I don't I think what people don't realize is that what I do for some folks can be a really dry kind of just cerebral exercise in doing all that stuff. For me, I look at it as a complete extension of what she does as an artist to where, for instance, uh, and I won't get into super technical stuff here because I don't this stuff doesn't need to be intimidating to anybody. For instance, there are a lot of uses on her record of what are called ribbon microphones, which just by the way that they're made sound very warm and calming to the ear, right? She's not making EDM. She's making very heartfelt, authentic, like to your heart, acoustic based music. So I want to put microphones in front of her that are going to capture that rather than what you would normally do with say, like EDM, where you're just doing it all in a computer and it's all, it's whatever you want to use for that. So when it comes to what I do that people don't understand, you really do have to think about a bigger picture. And this is where it's sort of like the, the roles between production and engineering start to kind of dissolve. Right. And I think especially for me, too, as an artist myself and a musician and all of that, like I understand where she's coming from, from that aspect of things. So the, the last thing I would want for her to feel is unsafe or unseen or that she's stupid around this stuff. Anytime that the technical stuff gets brought up, I always explain or I do my best to at least to always explain why I'm telling her about it rather than just, yeah, here's some stuff to put up. It's, it's, nobody cares. You know, those, those guys drive me fucking crazy. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. I said, fuck that. No, it's like th this, these things need to serve a bigger purpose. So if you don't have that at the front of your mind, first and foremost, then it is just technical mumbo jumbo for its own sake. That's what I would say. So, yeah, I, I dabble in music as well. And I'm curious, is there like a record that you either, either, you know, previously released or new that you are listening to and you're like really digging the engineering of, of the music um, and tell us why? And, and was it Katie Bowick? <laughs> It's just going to bring up like there's a art, there's a producer and artist and engineer I guess Daniel Lenoir who we've actually we kind of were inspired by his approach in the studio when we went to build our record and that was basically limiting your yourself to just a like putting parameters on what you're creating because these days I think with technology that's the thing is it's like you can literally open up a computer get a MIDI controller and make any sound in the possible known universe and it's that's overwhelming to me and when I had 
honestly, when we both went, sat down to co-write together, we had, were both like fairly newly divorced and we were both single parents. And we were like, whoa, I, I was like, I have so much to say and I'm so overwhelmed with like what I have to say creatively. I don't even know where to begin sonically. I feel like I could make an, I could make a bluegrass record. I could make an R&B record. I could make a John Mayer sounding record. I just don't know who I am right now. I, when it comes to my sound, I knew that I had some, like a lot to get out. And so one of the things he brought to the table was like, Hey, there's this producer, Daniel and Juan. What he does is he just like basically only makes records with like five elements. And I was like, I am loving the sound of this because it means that we can have parameters around the sound. And if I know that we're only working with acoustic guitars, Wurlitzer, piano, bass and percussion, then, okay, let's just use that. And I can, I can feel free to write and create, but I know there's going to be sonic cohesion inside of this world. I don't know. You can speak to that a bit more. That's exactly it. And I think for me that, that to further that point or to piggyback on it, what that does is force you to stop thinking about how many options are there and more of, we have five. And this is this this puts to the test, I would say, human creative ingenuity in these instances, because, again, it's serving something. We have to create a world. Right. If the, the equivalent of, of this would be, say, if if you were able to teleport from city to city to city to city and call that a vacation in the matter of 20 minutes, you're really not going to get to sit in one world for much of any time and get to soak in. It, right. So the idea with with this was that you've got these. I hate to say state. They're just, they're just the basic colors that we used and sort of amalgamized in a lot of ways to bring about, okay, how can we make 10, 11 different songs with these same elements and they all sound distinct from one another, but there's a through line sonically and emotionally. And then, you know, the tech took a really cool turn later because one of the things I also said I wanted to do in the making of this record was kind of marry like the earth, earthy sounds of acoustic instruments, but like with a cosmic feel, like I really wanted it to sound at times like we were floating through outer space or something like there's an expansiveness that I wanted to capture too. And like sort of the marriage of those two feelings. And so it was cool. We sort of laid this foundation with these acoustic instruments and then manipulated my voice using like reverse technology. And I mean, you can speak to more of like the, the, you know, plugins or whatever that you use, but there's a lot of tech, like probably more than you would expect on an acoustic record, like implemented, but that was all sort of in manipulation of the voice rather than, you know, the production itself. Are you, the reverse thing's a good example of this. So in, in the 50s and 60s and 70s, and you can still do this today if you have a tape machine, you can record something on a tape machine, literally turn the, the spool of tape upside down and play what you played backwards through the tape machine, and it just reads it like this. You hear this on, we're kind of listening to some of this music now, Beatles, Jimi Hendrix, who, all sorts of Pink Floyd, they did this ad nauseum because it was just such a strange sound and it was sort of reflective of more of a psychedelic based time right so there's a way to to capture that same sound digitally by basically just reversing a waveform in uh, what i use is pro tools which is the industry standard for recording Mm -hmm. some people use logic studio one ableton whatever Um, so i would reverse her vocals and then auto-tune them so i knew it was going to fit on the scale of whatever song we were in and then just, I would usually compress it. So her vocals, compression literally means in this case, just making sure that the vocal or whatever instrument doesn't have too many uh, insane peaks or troughs. 
It's it's very even, but it still sounds it's even without it feeling like it's smashed, so to speak. So even her vocals out, and then just wash it in all these super cool reverb and delay plugins that I have that make it sound like you're floating in outer space. And you know when you have that, and you've got say five notes that sound like they're being sung out into a cavern, right, or into a canyon, whatever. All those notes start to kind of mush together and it sounds like a chord. It's kind of sounds like an organ or something like that being played. So we would stick that behind what would just be say acoustic guitar or or a percussion. And you get these sort of like, what's that thing back there? Kind of thing. It's a lot more interesting than just, here's what I mean. There, the, the goal I have in doing stuff like this and especially for records that are very acoustic based is, can we can we get a sense of place from what we're doing? So it's cool when you get this dichotomy of both near and far where reverb literally distances you from what you're hearing, right? If you go stand over there and yell at me, I'm gonna hear the reverb of the room. But if you're right here, I'm hearing you straight up close. If you get both of these, then you're getting more of a panoramic five-dimensional experience, right? That's where you kind of start to play tricks on people's ears, where I know I have two ears and I have two headphones in, but it sounds like something's out here. Well, and that's what I love doing, right? This is this is why people go to movies or get into Atmos, which is a whole other thing. So yeah, anyway, there's that. Just to follow up on that a little bit, and, and this could be to either one of you. We Earlier, we were talking a lot about chat GBT. And so it makes you wonder, chat GBT? So it's basically like an AI predictive text, sort of like your phone, but on steroids. And so this is a big thing now. It's writing songs, it's writing books, it's writing essays that sound like a human wrote them. So with things like that and other artificial intelligence coming out, do you as an artist, Katie, for your perspective, do you worry that this is going to impact your career in a negative or positive way? And then to to you, Dustin, on the other side, are things like this helpful when it comes to editing? You know, you're talking a lot about, uh, is it reverse? Reverb. Okay. So, and re- okay. So when you're talking about tools like that, I assume that they help a lot in the making of music for you guys in the editing, but what about AI? Is that, is that bad? Is it good? Yeah, I have a couple thoughts about this because I actually do feel really strongly about AI art. And, you know, when everybody was like posting those pictures of themselves, like, you know, the AI pictures, it's so wildly tempting to like see yourself enhanced by technology. But I really feel strongly about pushing back against that to an extent because it's lacking in soul. And I mean that on like a fully spiritual level, like there is something very weird about art, like technologically built art, because it's basically, I mean, I don't, I can't speak like technologically on it to the extent that I know some people can, but to me, it feels like all of human consciousness gets put into this pile. And then AI is like just becoming more intelligent from that. So we're contributing this thing that's then going to like try to make us obsolete. And I like feel very strongly about 
pushing back against it. I'm not threatened by AI, you know, like making better music than me because I've fucking been, sorry, like I've, I've been divorced. I'm a single mom. I have this whole life of human experience that informs the, the way that I filter my words and my music. And I also have this vessel and these vocal cords and like my embodied human essence. And I just think nothing can beat that. Nothing can beat that. So the way I like to think about technology and especially AI, because like I actually did experiment with an AI app when I was trying to like write my bio for my upcoming record because I was really stumped. And I was like, I just need someone else's perspective on my own life. So maybe if I just input this information, something else will come out. But it, it came out like really blasé. Like it was like all the facts were there and it was incredible to see it generate this thing. But what I ended up doing is outsourcing it to another writer who did a very in-depth, deep interview with me. And I, you know, I paid somebody to write my bio for me because I was like, I can't do this by myself. And AI, you know what I mean? Like, so I don't know. I just, I'm really about humanity. Like, I just feel like humans above all. Like, I do feel like we are special, special creatures with a special kind of consciousness. But I am interested in like what you were talking about in the 70s, like when, okay, let's flip the tape around and reverse it back. Like, I think we also do get stuck in ruts. And it's like, how much can I say in the key of G on a guitar? It's why I like to experiment with alternate tunings. It's cool to fuck it up sometimes and to kind of like distort reality to an extent that I can then come back and have a renewed perspective. But at the end of the day, like I want my art to be generated by my hands and my voice and and this wooden thing with strings and wires. Like, that's just my personal perspective. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's about the human experience. I got in this to help people feel the things I felt, right? It's all tools. I mean, and I've used this analogy with her a zillion times, which I just stole from Victor Frankl, of all people, of you can have a knife and use it to cut food to feed your family, or you can use it to stab somebody to death. It's just a knife. It's neither good nor bad, right? I tend and do my best to use what I have in terms of technology, which is a lot. I mean, I have more plugins than I know what to do with at this point. It's silly. It's an obsession sometimes. But to put a stop to it and go, I have enough, first of all. And secondly, am I losing sight of what the real goal is, which is I hope that she goes home not giving two shits about what compressor that I have on her vocal. It's that, God damn, I feel something cool here. Right? Like, she's got a son to feed. So do I. I'm a single dad. I don't want to get stuck in a rut of trying to impress people with my ego knowledge around the technology that I have, which is a lot. And again, kind of like we talked about, there are certain people where I'll get into conversations with that and we'll go for bonkers for days. But still, I mean, I like attracts like here. The people that I have those conversations with, I still know at the end of the day, we're on the same, we're on the same page with that stuff. It's really interesting to even talk about, because we've all kind of gone around the circle and talk about where we're from and we moved here and all that stuff. I know a lot of people who've moved here from New York and LA because the heart of the of the music industry is missing in many instances in those towns. And I mean, I'm talking A-list players who play with John Mayer and Beck and all sorts of folks that I know have moved here because of that. I look at that through the lens of these guys just wanted to be somewhere where they didn't feel like they had to put on a charade to just get through the music industry. And I've dealt with that in some 
not many, but some instances with audio engineers who got so caught up in the industry, the advance, so to speak, that they lost sight of the goal, which is, man, I hope this person sitting on the couch here, no matter what their life circumstance, walks away from here feeling like they made a great investment in themselves. Period. You know, this is our livelihood. Nobody wants to be doing this and go fucking, you know, shoveling snow or unplunging toilets at Home Depot or something. You know, that's People, I think like there will come a point where, you know, now we all live in these echo chambers and everybody's very niche, like mainstream, anything is kind of fading away. And I think there is... I think there will always be a subset of people who are interested in the next new technological thing. What's the next frontier? I think it's really important. But I think I think there is already happening a very healthy interest in like, okay, but what about going back to the homestead? And what about these fundamental human things that what is like a human voice and a guitar sound like? And I am interested in the kind of the fusion of the two, but my instinct and inclination is to always kind of like reground and come back to like the foundations first and allow technology to enhance that first and foremost. Yeah. No, I I couldn't agree with you guys more. I think that I am definitely one of those people that are a little bit scared about the the tech that's coming out, especially this uh, chat GBT. We were actually talking to someone about this earlier today, and he had a very optimistic view of it and a very, like, maybe a little too optimistic. But, like, I, I go back to what you were saying about that human element. Like, I feel like if I'm at... A bar. I'm just, you know, thinking, which I am at a bar. Um, <laughs> and but like, you know, one of my favorite artists is Amy Winehouse. And if I were to to be able, RIP, but if I were able to like be there when she was singing, just to hear her like inflection and like hear her, you know, experience in her voice, like you were saying, like. I hope AI can't recreate that. Like, I don't think that could ever happen. But, like, yeah. So, I, yeah, 100% agree with you guys. So, I feel like we could keep talking forever, right? I, I agree. I feel like this is one of those conversations where there's just more than enough things to say. But in reality, like you said, like, we can't bring Amy Winehouse back, sadly. And so there's a lot of people, like, I heard Prince is an amazing, was an amazing performer. I would have loved to have seen him. But Katie Bowick is still with us and hopefully (laughs) stays with us for a very long time. So before we do let you guys live your life and by live your life, continue drinking with us, maybe we'll see. You have a new album coming out, a new song. Can you tell us about it? Because we're obviously fans and people can see you in real life. And she's not an AI bot. (laughs) No, no AI bot here. Um, Yeah. So Dustin and I made this record. It's called Caligo. It's it is a concept record that's kind of designed to be listened to front to back, which is another kind of I think sad loss from you know streaming culture is that like it's just one song and then you can click to the next and like the con- the idea of like sitting down and listening to a body of work front to back has kind of been been lost and so we implemented like some interludes and reprises and things so it's kind of it's a journey from start to finish and I have a theater background so I'm really interested in like narrative arcs and stuff like that but um yeah you know basically this record is about modern love and the challenges of like actually staying connected like some of what inspired this record is like 
the fact that as a single woman, you know, like I'm navigating text messaging, I'm navigating Instagram DMs and WhatsApps and, and then you've got like Snapchats and Twitter and then nobody wants to pick up the phone. And I can't tell you the times I've been like, I'm just going to call him. Like I'm so sick of this back and forth. And like, they won't answer and it's so weird. And like, I just am like, you know, when you're yearning for human connection in a world that like we live in right now, like it's a complicated landscape to navigate. And, and that isn't the entirety of what the record's about, but a lot of the record was sort of inspired by that, like ancient need for human connection and like how complex that can feel in, in the modern landscape of, of honestly technology. It's like, I'm kind of having a revelation thinking about it now. Cause like it was influenced by this concept of like humanity versus technology. Yeah. So my first single comes out February 3rd. I'm not sure when this airs. It may be already out when it does. Yeah, cool. It's called You're Gonna Get to Yeah. So I've got a song out called Over Again. Um, and it's the first single from the record. I've got two more singles coming out, and then the full record is out April 28th. Super excited to hear your music. And honestly, like that whole co- the, con- the concept of a concept album. I t- I'm 100% with you. I missed that. Um, oh, thank you so much. <laughs> someone just brought us new drinks, uh, and now we're very happy. And we didn't even ask for that. Yeah. Wow. I guess someone someone did ask. So yes, very excited to listen to that. My question, and this will, this could be like the wrap up question, is may go a little bit more towards Dustin, but. If, I'm very curious, Katie, if you if you uh, have one. So, one of my favorite artists besides in my house is um, Bonnie Vare, and I, uh, his producer and him came up with this like vocal harmonizer. And it's something like they kind of constructed and and um, vocoder, yes. Um, and to me, like it's just like one of the coolest sounding tool. It's just the coolest like mix of that human element, like that creativity and using it in a way that's just so enhancing to what you're already doing. So do you think there's, is there something that you love to do that's like maybe similar to that vocoder, but not in a sense that it sounds the same, but it's like, yeah, that like you love to use it and whatever. And it's kind of a a sweet mix of like AI and creativity. My, my, one of my best friends who is the, the primary engineer on her record, as a matter of fact, his name is Adam Bokish. He and I have been making ambient music for 15 years. And uh, we love Cigarros and Rice Boy Sleeps and, and a lot of these ambient artists that will often take real acoustic instruments and just fuck with them in their DAW or their, their digital audio workstation, right? With reverb or they'll cut it up or they'll reverse it or whatever it is. Kind of like what we were talking about with her vocals, right? And so there's a record uh, by Yonsi and his former partner, Alex, called Rice Boy Sleeps that came out in 2009, which is this beautiful, 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 beautiful ambient record. And most of it is just sounds that they say recorded from the audio input on their computers or maybe on the, yeah, it would have been early iPhones. So on there's this 2009, maybe on their iPhones, whatever, or, or actual microphones. But it'd be like pianos or them tuning a the guitar or somebody walking around the house or cooking. But they would 
record all these things, put them together, and then maybe later on go actually record a string quartet in a studio, layer all these things together where you get this really cool mashup of like actual direct human elements that have been, I even hate to say the word processed, but have been processed or manipulated in a way through editing or plugins to where you're hearing these very familiar human sounds in a way that's unfamiliar. And so you get this this sort of like step in the past, step in the future, all in the present type of thing. And I love that. So Adam and I experimented with that for years, and we still do, where it's like, can we make an entire ambient track with just a piano? How can we get this thing to sound both like a piano and not like a piano? I love that stuff. Yeah, and actually one pretty cool thing that we're doing with the stems from my record is so Dustin has an ambient project called Outside the Sky, and he's basically taking the vocal stems from my record and slowing them down, manipulating them, using technology to create an amp- like basically an ambient track out of it. Um, so it'll be cool because it'll sort of be like a supplemental... And in my view, like ambient music is really, it's really functional. Like, you know, it's nice to listen to music that can like truly calm you down at the end of the day, put it on, you're taking a bath, you're going to sleep. Like certain frequencies resonate differently in the human body. And so I, I don't know, I really dig it. And I love that you're creating something like that's born from the, you know, the recordings that we made. It's kind of a second life that technology is allowing us to have. So yeah, that'll also be something that people can use. So yeah. Katie Dutson, thank you so much. This was so fun. So glad that we got to like meet up in Nashville and, and be with that, you guys. And that Gabby got to talk to you this time. I'm yeah. I I uh, she she loves to. Yeah, she's okay though. <laughs> my 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 puppy is okay, but that is why it, it was it was an emergency. But I think we're just gonna pass the mic to Kevin really quick to wrap up. Who was on our last episode with Katie. So Kevin, judge them. Tell us what you think about them. How do you feel? I thought this was interesting. Again, this, as I said last time, you know, this is a world that is totally different than mine. And so coming from, you know, sort of a very analytic, you know, data-driven world, coming into, you know, conversation with, with creative people, it's always kind of very interesting to me. And I think, especially we were talking in our previous conversation about the AI and how it's taking over. And it left me with kind of a very sad sort of dyspo- dystopian uh, view of everything. And I think this conversation was way more positive and way more exciting um, and definitely a little more uplifting for sure, but it also left us, I think, with a different perspective of the creative process because I think we often think about the AI replacing the tools and kind of going forward, like basically automating a lot of this process. But I think it definitely comes back to you can't really automate the human condition. You need you need humans to be involved. Otherwise, you lose the whole effect, especially when it comes to music. Uh, so for me, I think that was kind of the piece of it that I thought was really interesting and definitely, like I said, hit home for me. Everyone really liked Kevin's uh, ending on this one, and it is a big deal. One one of these days, though, I really want Kevin to come on and just be like, "Fucking hated you, hated everything you said, you fucked me." You're yeah. So so good news. The day is not today. Bad news. The day is not today. 
But for everyone listening, don't forget to check out every song ever written and sang by Katie Bowick, or even ones that she just sang and didn't even write. Check them out because the talent is endless, and we will be linking music so everyone can check it out. And don't forget to follow us. Uh, check us out at www.thattechpod.com. Enter your email, subscribe. Get some gear, look good, feel good. You'll look good if you're wearing our brand. You're welcome in advance. Stay humble, unlike me. And uh, yeah, follow us on social media. We're terrible at it. We have no followers, but we're rocking it at LinkedIn. So LinkedIn slash that tech pod. Gabby, is there, is there anything else we should go? Hardcore LinkedIn users. Um, thank you, everybody. And uh, give us a, you know, a comment, five stars, wherever you listen to this podcast. And we will see you next time. See you next time. See ya.